Previously on Myth Tarot Love, we examined Strength and Athena. Today's show will focus on the Hermit and Oedipus. Myth and Tarot, where do the ideas go? Let's talk about stories, cards, and symbols, and all of the above. Myth Tarot Welcome to Myth, Tarot, Love, a show about ancient stories and new age wisdom. I'm Biddy, your expert in classics. And I'm Rose, your resident tarot practitioner. Welcome, everybody. Hello. I'm Hi. so excited about this episode. <laughs> we're talking about Freud. We're talking yeah. about ego. We're talking about the super ego, the oh. id. We're talking about all of these things and how they relate to the hermit. So great. <laughs> this is going to be great. This is so great. This is going to be good. Okay, so um, last week I talked a little bit about metaphors. Mm-hmm. And I kind of also introduced the concept of the ego, the id, and the superego. And all of you people who know about Freud are probably like, ugh, oh no. Blech. What are you going to talk about? You're going to talk about this stuff again. And it's kind of like psychology 101, <laughs> right? Uh, but, you know... Sometimes we hear about these things and we don't actually know what they mean. So I'm going to talk about that. <laughs> I'm going to talk about what they mean. Uh, bear with me for all of you um, psychology experts out there. Um, so I'll, I'll, of course, be talking about it, what it means for me. And it's going to be very brief and very, um, you know, kind of, I'm going to kind of skim over it. But I'm sure that we could probably talk about this for hours. Yes. Okay, so you've got you've got three parts to your mind, right? You have the id, and last week we kind of talked about that as being the beast within. Mm -hmm. Um, All of your impulses, all of your um, sexual desires, your uh, because you know Freud was all about sex. Yeah. (laughs) All of your um, yeah, just like I'm gonna say wants and need. And it also needs, because like it can be like you're hunger, you're tired, um, and they sometimes represent this as an iceberg, and the id is everything that's underneath of the water, like your subconscious, if you will, right? You've got your subconscious and your conscious mind. Okay. So the, the mind that, well, you, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, yeah. And then you've got your ego, and that is the conscious mind, and that is... The part of you that has a lot of pride, that has this sense of self, even. Um, every time you say I or me, you're actually talking about your ego. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Because <laughs> that not that Latin for I? Is it? Ego oh, is I Latin for... I should really know oh, this. That would be a great, like, Latin word of the day. Ego means I. <laughs> I, do, I do have a word of the day. I forgot the one for last time, but that's okay. Oh, dear. Okay. I'm pretty sure ego is I. <laughs> go ahead. You go okay, ahead. Okay. You go ahead. Um, and then you have the super ego, and that is the person that you want to be. Uh, that is, you know, your ideal self, your your goals, if you will. And uh, yeah, so you've got kind of this battle, if you will, between your desires, your id, and the person you want to be, your super ego, and like somewhere in between, you have the ego that's kind of making do between them it's like okay well i need to eat 
but I don't want to eat too much because my ideal self is, you know, thinner than I am. <laughs> I don't know. That's that's just my random thing. But you you found I found, you found it. So it. yeah, yeah. So it is I. Ego is I. That's awesome. Yeah. So every time you say I and me, you are actually referencing your ego. What Freud called the ego. Craziness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I don't know. For me, I don't know. When I look at a word, sometimes I will say it in English, but sometimes I will pronounce it in Latin for whatever reason. That's so amazing. There's this book that my friend, she wanted to get, and I'm looking at it. I'm like, oh, it's Sapiens. Like, I just read it and you just in Latin. I'm like, oh, it's this. And then, and and then she's, she's like, like, what? She's like, well, no, she took Latin with me. She's like, that's what I thought too, but it's actually Sapiens. So, <laughs> the, book, so the book is about like people and where they came from and like the history of like oh, human sapiens, of course. And humankind. So it's like, you know, Homo sapiens. So yeah, that's that where they got sense. it from. But I read it in Latin. I'm like, oh, Sapiens? Like always? Like what is <laughs> that? Like, oh my God. That actually happens with me in French. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because I learned French and English at the same time. So I just like, sometimes we'll like forget the word in English and I'll just say it in French yeah. and then people will be like you're weird <laughs> why would you do it? I yeah. like to say that the more languages you know the less proficient you are with all of them that's <laughs> probably true yeah uh, but that's just my own personal I don't experience. know like I feel like I know English so much better from learning Latin and Greek but at the same oh, you point know, I can't pronounce things now <laughs> Like, I tried to pronounce this one word, and I thought I said home. So I'm like, okay, maybe it has something to do with man or whatever. No, it says home. I'm like, <laughs> I couldn't even That's read hilarious. the word home. Home. Oh, home. Okay, so something maybe to do with this. This is what happens when you translate for, like, hours and hours and hours a day. My brain just, like, turns to, like, mush, and I can't read anything. That's hilarious. Oh, my god. Anywho. Uh, okay, <laughs> so we're talking about the hermit today. <laughs> and how does this relate? Well... The hermit is very much about um, letting go of everything, letting go of the mm -hmm. id, the superego, and the ego uh, in order to find enlightenment. And I love this concept. It is, um, it's very rare for this concept to exist in a Western ideal, like a Western ideal system. Okay. This is normally very much uh, an Eastern philosophy mm. idea mm -hmm. um, that you need that enlightenment is possible, first of all, right? Um, that, you know, that's Buddhism, Jainism. There's there's a lot of Eastern religions that bring forth, I think, Taoism. Uh, mysticism also is kind of about this. But, you know, there's a lot of Eastern philosophies that talk about this need to release all of your desires, release your sense of self, and release your... Um, ideas of what you, your perfect and ideal self is and recognize that all of these things are illusions. Oh, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, in, and also this need to retreat within yourself, meditate, get to know yourself. Um, you know, this is, this is kind of, there, this is progressing after strength uh, in the tarot. And it says, you know, now that you have been able to overcome your emotions, you, you know your desires, you've looked at your id, Right, you've you've looked at that inner demon right in the face, and you've conquered your fears. Now that you've done all this, it is time to retreat. Mm. And uh, oh, the symbol so of the hermit in the Rider Waite tarot deck is so good. It is so good. Tell us about it. Okay, um, <laughs> and it's one of the things that makes it so good for me is that it is simple. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, it's it's very easy to overcomplicate these ideas, um, but in the Rider Waite tarot deck, you have this lone figure, and he is standing 
um, on top of like what looks like maybe a snowy, just a snowy landscape. There's not very much in the background. There's nothing in the background actually, except for like a, a green, almost like dusk kind yeah. of color. Um, you know, dusk actually is very apt because you're going into the night. You're um, you're you're letting go of outside light influences outside. Um, outside lighting right uh and this figure is is dressed in this gray robe um and at first glance he almost looks like a beggar or like a poor man mm -hmm. uh but he's none of his hands are outstretched there's no you know he's very much retreating within himself his he his head is bowed and his eyes are closed and he has this long white beard underneath a, a hood and he he's holding a staff which normally symbolizes power um, and strength as well and um, he almost has this kind of Gandalf look about him <laughs> he does right like this this uh, like you know he, he appears to be kind of a beggar but he actually is rather um, he, he he might actually have more knowledge than he he first gives off you know maybe he's kind of a Merlin type quality but we're not going to talk about Merlin today. <laughs> um, and he's holding this lantern. And the lan and within the lantern is actually uh, what looks like some sort of star that's been kind of captured in there. Um, and it's really powerful that he's holding a lantern because that is a symbol of enlightenment. Mm -hmm. That is a symbol of kind of guiding others. And the hermit is a guide. But he's also very much uh, a loner. And when he appears, it is time to let go of the world you think you know. It's time to let go of your reality and really look within yourself and kind of go on kind of almost a pilgrimage journey. Like go on this like inner, retreat within. Yeah, inner exploration mm -hmm. journey um, by letting go of uh, everything you want and everything you, you think you have, right? Yeah. Um, in another tarot deck, uh, the dragon Celtic, the Celtic dragon tarot, the hermit is actually represented by a dragon in a cave who is reading some books. And a lot of times the hermit does ask you to read books, mm -hmm. does ask you to, you know, find a safe place um, and, and do some inner exploration. But I really like the Rider Waite Smith deck mm -hmm. for showing that you don't need books. You don't need anything. Everything is within yourself already. Okay, so maybe it's like that sense of knowledge. But yes. It's the in, like, there is but knowledge, have knowledge, but it's, it's this idea that you already have the knowledge okay. and that knowledge is found within yourself. Oh, it's so good. Yes. And almost always it shows up when a person needs to meditate. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and meditation being like really letting go of everything you like I, I've said it like three times already like <laughs> letting go of this concept of yourself letting go of the ego mm -hmm. right and that is really difficult for us for for Westerners to um, understand um, yeah it, maybe <laughs> I don't know the when yeah. I was looking into it because for whatever reason I kept getting this just an, like a more of a Judeo-Christian yeah kind of concept of the hermit so someone who like goes away and again it's I guess more of a pilgrimage sense yeah. so yeah. I guess we do have that as well this we have sense the retreating of, idea. yeah we have the concept that yes the sometimes answers are only 
possible if you've retreated mm-hmm. and looked within yourself um and that yeah like your uh that enlightenment you know we have kind of a western idea of enlightenment that yeah it's more of like a, an aha moment um more of an inspiration mm-hmm. that inspiration can be found within yourself mm. it's not quite the same as uh the eastern idea of enlightenment where yeah. you've released everything and everything becomes um everything becomes uh, aware, like you become aware of everything. Mm. Uh, that's not quite the same as being inspired. Right. Right? Although the hermit can repre- represent finding inspiration as well by retreating. Okay. Um, yes. Oh, man. <laughs> there's just so... There's so many ways of interpreting it. so many it, things, though. and there's so many ways that it's similar to Oedipus. I think it's just wonderful. Okay. Um, I like can't... Yeah. So I've, I've kind of, you know, skimmed over a few things about the hermit um, and how... You know, it, it appears when you really need to meditate, when you need to retreat from the situation. Uh, usually, like you, you might be in some sort of like fight or something, and it, it or some sort of struggle. It's really telling you that hey, now is the time to get away from everything. And yeah, uh, okay. Ooh, so okay. let's let's talk about Oedipus, though. Yes. Okay. So, oh, there's so much. So, actually, I had difficulties, I remember, at the beginning, like, thinking, who am I going to talk about for the hermit? Because, again, mm-hmm. I just had this idea of someone kind of leaving society and going off on their own and, again, kind of contemplating those... Reality. Those, like, reality yeah. and Nature those things and yourself, yeah. And I'm like, there's no one really that does that. And I had a really hard time until for the class that I'm TAing right now... Mm-hmm. We, we ended up uh, reading with them Oedipus Rex, which I've re- read before and read Oedipus at Colonus. And then I'm like, oh, my goodness, that's who the hermit is. It's him. It's, like, so perfect. Um, okay, tell us about Oedipus. Okay, so Oedipus, um, most people have heard of the name or at least the Oedipus Complex, which we'll talk about a Thank, little more. Thanks, Freud. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, so Oedipus it was this mythological... I guess we'll call him a hero. Okay. And there were many tragic hero. Tragic hero. Definitely, yeah. definitely. So the part that is no, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna backtrack. <laughs> backtrack a little. I'm bit. gonna backtrack. Okay. okay. So basically, before he was born, again, more about prophecies. There's a prophecy that um, the whoever was born like to this king and queen, he would. Um, like kill the father. I think that was it for the first prophecy. It was just that he would kill the father. And so the father, of course, again, doesn't like that. And so as soon as the child is born, they decided to expose him or they give him to um, someone to be like, okay, you need to take him away because we can't, we don't want him here. Yeah. Obviously, for yeah. obvious reasons. So yeah, they didn't want him to pre- fulfill the prophecy. Exactly. So what's actually kind of neat is that they bound his feet Hmm. And because of that, his feet swelled, and Oedipus actually means swollen foot. Huh. Yeah. I Well, I get, yeah, P, like, Petus means Petus foot, right? Petus is foot, yeah. Yeah. Huh. So, it's, so it's, his name literally is swollen foot, which, I don't know, maybe a mother would have realized that when he came back. But anyways, so 
he leaves, he grows up within another kingdom. Um, but then someone kind of questions, like, oh, who is your actual mother and father? And he's like, uh, it's these people. What are you talking about? Oh, but maybe yeah. I should double check because he didn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when he heard, again, further of the prophecy, you're going to kill your father and marry your mother. And he's like, well, I don't want to do that. So I'm not going to go back home because he didn't realize that those weren't his actual parents. Oh, no. And so on his travels. So tragic. Very tragic. He did end up killing his father. And like just in a random encounter. Kind too. of, yeah, kind of yeah, yeah. Crossroads, yeah. yeah. Exactly. And But he didn't know it was his father. He, did, at he the had time. no idea yeah. who it was. He thought someone was just trying to drive him off the road and so I'm just gonna kill them. Because that's fair. Uh, but any <laughs> different times. Different, different times. times. <laughs> yes. And so after that he ended up defeating the Sphinx. And because of that, he was able to become king of Thebes and marry the queen, because now she's without a king. But didn't know. But didn't no one know. Knew. So and he didn't know. No one knew. So in, in the play Oedipus Rex or Oedipus the King by Sophocles, mm-hmm. we have this going on. We have this tale being related of him. Basically, in this play, it's him trying to gain knowledge and find out what happened, because there's a plague now in the city. and Yeah, and the plague is because, uh, like... Because the prophecy has come to pass and it's like, yeah. it makes the gods angry or something. Yeah, 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 pretty much. And so he's, so throughout the play, he's trying to find out, okay, well, who committed this murder? Because, yeah, it's. Yeah, and it's, he needs. Oh, yeah, because the murderer. The guilt. Oh, yeah, so it's the murderer has, like, gone without, uh, like, he got away with murder, basically. Basically, so yeah. But he doesn't even realize it's himself. He has no idea. So he's, like, pushing it and pushing it, and everyone's like, like back like stop it kind of thing he's like no i don't know so again this idea of knowledge and and seeing versus not seeing Mm -hmm. and it's really interesting and then of course eventually he does find out as soon as he becomes enlightened as soon as soon as he becomes enlightened he find his mother slash wife at this point um jocasta she hanged herself yeah and when he sees her and he realizes everything that's when he takes the brooches off of her dress and like stabs stabs his his eyes And so Such a powerful he, image. It really, really is. So before he could see but didn't know, but now he knows and can't see. Yeah. So it's this... And the hermit really is cool. portrayed as being blind as well. Like, he's not really... Well, he, he it's not so much that he's blind, but he just refuses to see. Yes. He, refi- he refuses to see the physical world with his own eyes mm-hmm. uh, because he understands that everything he needs to know is within himself and he is complete and he's rejecting the the physical world yeah so you know part of that is you know forcibly blinding yourself Mm -hmm. you know i am rejecting the physical world now everything is uh now everything i have seen is within my own mind yeah yeah and we're actually talking i was talking to this with the other tas and they're saying could you imagine the last thing that he saw was his mother (laughs) was his like dead his mother mother wife his mother wife (laughs) That's yeah. the image you get forever now. Well, um, it, it, that's part so. of his his desire to, um, yeah, his desire to, uh, what's the word, atone as well, right? Yes, yeah. So, so again, it's I kind of briefly mentioned it. And this can be the word of the day: is miasma. This idea of a blood pollution. Ooh, yeah. Is miasma not miasma? Miasma. Okay. Okay. M-I-A, yeah. I've heard it mispronounced so many times. Miasma? <laughs> yeah, I've always heard it as... Oh. I don't know. Miasma. I don't know. Huh. I, I always heard... I don't know. When I think of miasma, I think of, um, like, an air purple smoke or something that's, like, poisonous. Oh. 
I don't maybe. know. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's because I watched Inuyasha. <laughs> maybe that's what it is. <laughs> okay. Um, Let so, my nerd flag fly. <laughs> oh my gosh. We are the most nerdy and that is totally cool. Um, so after, so that's what took place in Oedipus the King. But then Oedipus at Colonus, which is another play by Sophocles, is really when we have, or we see Oedipus in the light of the hermit. So mm-hmm. he's, again, he's blind. He exiles himself from mm-hmm. the city because that's what he said he was going to do to whoever was the killer and since he happened to be the killer so he, he exiles himself so he exiles himself and so he's alone um his daughters come so much with honor him sometimes. in that though. It, it is i like, mean he's know, stuck to it he, he's he's stuck to the punishment that he was going to give yeah uh and he even though it, it ended up being himself mm-hmm. yeah yeah it was it's really it's really powerful and and being exiled is also kind of part of that hermit removing yourself from everyone you know removing yourself from everything you know exactly exactly so it's yeah i don't know i was thinking about reading something from oedipus at colonus but maybe i won't it's basically like he's in grief and wandering and leading oh do it do it i want to hear it okay (laughs) all right so he's speaking to antigone um at this point so that's his um one of his daughters because she she does help him when she comes of age too because again he's old and blind and he kind of needs some assistance um yeah so he's saying um antigone from the time she left her childhood behind and came into full strength she volunteered for grief wandering with me leading the old misery hungry feet cut through the blistering woods in eternity worn down by the drenching rains the scorning suns at noon hard labor but you endured it all never a second thought for home a decent life so long as your father had some care and comfort I'm like oh wow yeah so i don't know that's why i just see this the idea of like the wanderer yeah and the lonely wanderer the lonely yeah yeah it's very tragic though uh, associating him with oedipus Mm -hmm. um and i think that kind of talks a bit about like the possible pain that's involved with the hermit um normally the hermit is kind of a peaceful time you know the time to collect your thoughts and take some time away to meditate but i have never really thought about how painful that might be as well yeah because if you're leaving mm -hmm. things behind Uh, yeah it it depends on where you're at yeah too like if you're Mm -hmm. in a really dark space Mm -hmm. leaving at that time might also you know make it really difficult to like you might be it might be really difficult and painful to leave Mm -hmm. um yeah yeah it's it's pretty crazy um the other thing I wanted maybe to mention, it's not really Oedipus. Again, I did a, some weird random research on this one. Mm-hmm. Um, but I came across um, asceticism. I don't even know if I'm saying that right. Asceticism? Asceticism? Yeah. So it's, <laughs> it's the lifestyle that's characterized by an absence of worldly pleasures, often for the purposes of pursuing spiritual goals, uh, which is yeah. what I was thinking a little bit for the hermit. Yes. Um, and it is present in many spiritual. Yeah. Like, um, like even in, in Christianity, the idea of um, Lent, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Giving up some worldly, like some, some worldly pleasure mm-hmm. in order to pursue some sort of, you know, greater understanding there. Um, you know, fasting is present in yeah. a lot of different cultures as well. Um there, there's a lot of spiritual practices that talk about 
giving up something Mm -hmm. in order to become more spiritual yeah and I like that idea of practice that's why I like even like for yoga I like it being called a practice oh yeah um because what's interesting is that so the word the asceticism it comes from the Greek um oh I can't even say that ask as cases, which means exercise or training. So again, Ooh. it's this idea of like continually doing. It. You're not just going off once, like on a. It has to be part of a practice. Yeah, yeah. Like I mentioned before, that this shows up when a person needs to meditate. Mm-hmm. Um, meditation is normally like the suggested thing to do if it if it this card shows up, but meditation is not really a one shot thing. Like yeah. it gets easier as you practice it more and more and more um and you know so the hermit might show up for you more than once i remember once did this one reading for someone and she had three readings in a row and every single time the hermit appeared as her helper oh wow oh my goodness (laughs) she did three different readings for like three different questions and she kept picking the hermit like out of all the cards as her helper and i was like Apparently, you need to meditate. Yeah. <laughs> Get yourself some meditation. Like, there's yeah. YouTube videos. <laughs> it is so easy. And that's something, yeah. too, I think people get scared off. They're like, oh, I need to sit in this specific position for, like, so long a oh, time. Oh, yeah, you can and do it. You can do it for a minute. You can or be standing. Minutes. Yeah. Yeah, even just a minute of meditation is sometimes all you need. Mm-hmm. Um, it is ideal to, like, you know, start with small and then work your way up to higher ones. Um, I always think it's funny because, like, when I was a kid, the idea of staying still and quiet for 10 minutes was like a punishment. That's a time yeah. out. And now I like want it. <laughs> and I see, I'm like, oh yes, I'm going to plan for those 10 minutes in my day where I'm going to go sit still and be quiet. And that's like, so true. Like, this is so wonderful. It <laughs> like, is. I was like, oh geez, maybe that's, you know, my toddler mind. There you <laughs> the go. difference between the toddler yeah. mind and the adult mind. When you need to like really like quiet down. I know I get that too. When I yeah. when my brain's going everywhere, I'm like, can you just like focus on one thing? Cause... Yeah. And, you know, it's 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 so tempting to just be taken away with it as yeah. well. Okay. All right. Um, so let's let's do our, our rant. Let's do our um, we are, So we mentioned Freud a few times, especially with the ego, the super ego, the id, um, and, of course, the Oedipus complex. <laughs> yes. So that's what I just, again, just want to go over a little bit in case people don't know exactly mm-hmm. what that is. But I got my sound effects here, so I'm going to do that first. All right. <laughs> Prepare for Thunder Bitty Round. Oh. <laughs> Great. <laughs> So good. I'm okay. gonna giggle every time I think. Uh, okay, it's just like so a... <laughs> like I said, we want to talk about the Oedipus complex, which is a psychoanalytic theory, um, is a desire for sexual involvement with the parent of the opposite sex and a sense of rivalry with the parent of the same sex. So again, this theory, so like a little girl wanting to marry her father and then not liking her mother. Yeah, because she's pretty... like in competition with her mother for her father. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Pretty much. Um, apparently this is a crucial stage in the normal development process, according to Freud, and he considered the reactions, um, against the Oedipus complex as the most important social achievements of the human mind. I'm like, "Mm, really? That's the most important part? That's the most important? I don't know. Uh, yeah. So, (laughs) again, he got this, I don't want to say where he got this 
from necessarily, but I'm pretty sure I've read that a lot of it has come from the Oedipus story. Um, story, yeah. and so what I wanted to thunder about then is to. I just get frustrated when people are perverting myths for their own benefit or when they're looking at a myth and only taking out one specific aspect and using it for whatever their benefit is. Like, I obviously... Like, looking at Oedipus as being this, like, highly sexual concept when... Yeah. It really wasn't... That's... The story is not really about that. Like, And he had no idea what he was doing, which I guess that could talk about the subconscious mind you know he subconsciously knew that somehow that was his father and then that you know he's marrying his mother but i don't think he he did i don't think he did no that's the whole point is that he was trying to fight this this and and ended up coming to his fate anyways regardless that he couldn't he couldn't fight it exactly so (laughs) again i think i've mentioned the quote before because i love it so much and i always hear it in kung fu panda (laughs) but like (laughs) one often meets the road to destiny on the path they take to avoid it which is exactly what he does that's a great quote it's so wonderful one often meets their destiny destiny on the road they take to avoid it oh shivers so great (laughs) it is so it's true um so yeah so i just want to just like i like that it brings people awareness to certain, I don't know, aspects of Greek history and myth and all that sorts of things. But it's also, I don't like when it gets mm, perturbed. Not perturbed. Perverted. There we go. Thank you. Perverted. Perverted. <laughs> and that's just annoying to me. There, co- but there could have definitely been another name he could have used. Yes. Right? Um, but the fact he used the Oedipus Complex means... And the fact that it got so popular, too, and so well-known, yeah. um, it probably got partly popular because he named it the Oedipus Complex, and people already knew about the Oedipus story. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. something that, like, it's disturbing. It's a disturbing story. And it makes it you feel uncomfortable. has a lot of emotions associated with it, a lot of symbols. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he took this and used it for his own theory, um, you know, it gave a lot of power to his own theory, but it also changed the way people look on the past. Definitely. And, yeah. yeah. Especially I, when... There's other studying... examples of this, too. Oh, for sure. <laughs> well, I was just thinking, like, especially when you're studying Oedipus as a hero, you think, oh, well, he's not a hero because he did these things. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, no, he did more than just that. Sorry, yeah. you're going to say there are other... Oh, there are. Oh, there are. I... I was, I'm tempted to almost have my own thunder, <laughs> thunder rose about, uh, like, uh, the Gaia theory. <laughs> um, and, you know, how it took, like, 30-some-odd years for, um, for what's his name, uh, James Lovelock to get recognition for the Gaia theory because, first of all, he has a very unfortunate last name. Yes. Um, he came up with this theory in the 70s after, like, all of the you know, hippie ideas were floating around, um, and then he called it Gaia Theory. <laughs> it's, it's just, just like, Earth. Uh, but I, I understand. It's, it's nothing to, like, it, you know, know, Earth um, being alive and being Gaia, oh, like, I think it probably, like, if he had found another name, it probably could have gotten scientific recognition so much faster, but his name has love in it, mm-hmm. and uh, he called it Gaia Theory, and so the theory got, like, totally changed in... Yeah, so I could probably rant about that, but yeah. we're running out of time. That's okay, we're running out uh, of time. Google it. Um, Google it. Google Wik- that. It's Wikipedia has some good articles. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, so the hermit. We are 
Um, we are reaching the end of this episode so yes. soon. Yes, I know it went by fast today, but and we talked about a lot of theory. It's theory heavy. It is theory. <laughs> it's theoretically heavy, hot, heavy, heavy, but that's episode. part of the hermit too. I think he's there. We go. He's a knowledgeable fellow. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I also like before we leave. I wanted to say that he's not about running away. Okay, that's a good yeah. distinction between like the fool, I guess. Yeah. Well, you know, he's not the fool. He is. He is following his own path. Kind of, kind of like the fool, but the fool mm-hmm. is uh, guided by his inspiration, guided by his joy and you know emotions. The hermit is not guided by emotions. Okay. The hermit has already gotten control of those emotions through strength, mm-hmm. uh, and he is releasing control. Like he is, re- he is releasing um, his attachments, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, there is definitely a difference between running away. Like there is a card about running away. Um, and we'll talk about it later. Uh, oh, which one's there, that? Um, mm-hmm. I think it's the Eight of Cups. What? Oh, 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 okay. okay, I was just I got I, yeah. I have the image we'll in my head, but I don't yeah. always have the names of them. Uh, yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, there is another card that's uh, about running away. The Hermit is not running away, but it is about retreating and the need to sometimes separate yourself. Uh, and, and that's not the same. That, like, running away is succumbing to your fear. Right? Right. So this The hermit is... has to release fear and retreat. He retreats, like, um, logically. You know, it's, a, it, it's a, a, a smart thing for him to do. He's not doing it out of fear. Gotcha. And there is a difference there. Um, you know, same with Oedipus. He wasn't retreating out of fear. He was retreating out of um, honor. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and he, the need to do it. And if anything, he was afraid to do it. Like, he's afraid to retreat, right? But he did it because he felt like he had to. He had to. And he's, mm-hmm. yeah, like you said, he's honor-bound. And he did what he said he was going to do. And he kept to his word. Yeah. Okay, so next week, we're going to talk about the Wheel of Fortune and Kronos. Kronos, but there is a button that it's the CH Kronos. Okay. It's a different one. There's a different. It's, it's confusing. Ooh. I know. Okay. Um, so thank yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it. that brings us to the end of our episode. Yes. Thank you, everyone, so much for listening. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you again. If you'd like to leave us a review, we'd super appreciate it. Um, once again, we are on Patreon. It's just Myth Tarot Love. If you'd like to support us that way, um, getting in touch with us is Myth Tarot Love at gmail.com or you can message me on social media. I am at Biddy Diana. Thank you so much for listening, and we look forward to talking to you guys next week. Uh, which, yeah. So we'll talk about the wheel. Yeah. The wheel of fortune. And our parting words for today are from the American Tarot Association. It is that the lessons of life cannot be rushed or forced or made to happen before it is time for them to happen. If you think about it logically, everything you leave behind when you follow the hermit's call, will remain when you return. The only thing that will have changed is you. Myth and tarot, where do the ideas go? Let's talk about stories, cards, and symbols, and all of the above. Myth, tarot,